Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's get started in the Word today. If you have your Bibles, let's turn in our Bibles to, to Psalms chapter 141. Amen. Now most of you remember back in, I think it was probably back in 2016 when I, God gave me a, a, a thought or a message to, to share with the church, and I did for, for months uh, on prayer. And uh, uh, the, the, back then, what God, the thought that God gave me was uh, put or pray until something happens, that acronym PUSH. And, uh, and I, I taught on it or preached on it for a long time. And, uh, as just, and then I kind of went on to some other things. And as of late, God's really been working me over again about prayer in the church and in, the, in His people. And uh, I, there was a scripture that came to my mind um, the, where the Lord told one of the prophets, he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And, and I don't think it's because we, we're not, we don't have any knowledge of the word of God. I think the knowledge that I, that I see is that we don't pray like we should. Oftentimes we don't pray like we should. And I'm not shaming anybody. I just feel like that there's a place that we can go in God. And if we will go there, if we will stay there in that relationship, something will change in us individually and it'll change in the church. Amen. And so God's just literally pulled me back into this realm of prayer. Now, I don't intend to preach every week or every message about it, but I really feel like God has just impressed me. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. And I'm not going to hammer on you with it, but I am going to keep it fresh in our minds so that we pray like we should. Amen. And so today I'm going to be teaching on effectual prayer. Effectual prayer. It's Psalm chapter 141 and 1 says, Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And then I also want to go to James chapter 5 and verse number 16. James 5 and 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. And then James says this, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. You may be seated. I, uh, when I think about prayer, I... You know, it's not just one of the, the most prominent subjects of the, of the Bible. I think it is the core of the Bible. Amen. Sometimes we treat prayer as, it, as if it's just another one of those things that preachers preach about. But I really believe prayer is the core of who we are. I don't think we can be anything without prayer. I don't think we'll ever achieve anything in the kingdom of God or for God without prayer. If you want to amount to anything uh, and be used of God, if, if I were, I'm not going to ask how many want to be used of God because if, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. If you don't raise your hand, that's embarrassing. We all, all, all ought to say, yes, I want to be used of God. And I'm not going to ask anybody uh, or, or pick on anybody that wouldn't raise their hand in that. Amen. So prayer is, it's, it should be the core of who we are. It's the communication and it's it's focusing our attention on God. We all know 
what is commonly known as the five W's, who, what, when, where, and why. We've all heard those, those things uh, talked about. Uh, these five things can be used to determine uh, facts on any subject that you would want to talk about if you want to uh, find out about something. So in this lesson, I kind of brought that into this lesson today. I've talked a little bit about some of these principles before, but I, I really feel like that God really impressed me to come back here again and dig deeper uh, than we've ever gone before. In this lesson, I'd like to apply this principle uh, of these five W's uh, to the subject that we've been studying for a very long time now, and that is the subject of prayer. And so the first thing I want to talk about is who should pray? Who should pray? Um, Martin Luther King Jr. made a statement about people that call themselves Christians but never pray. And he said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Think about that. that I, I wish I'd have been the originator of that, but I wasn't. But what a powerful statement. I'm going to say it again. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. There is no more profound statement to, to be made. People that call themselves Christians or, or, or saved or, or child of God or whatever uh, you may be calling yourself, you call yourself that and you don't pray? Uh, you know, that just doesn't make any sense. The simple truth behind that statement is that there isn't a person who claims to be a follower of Jesus who can really fit that description without, uh, without a significant um, uh, investment or amount of time spent in prayer. Amen. Uh, it doesn't matter what level of education you have, regardless of the choice of your vocation, without any concern for how much time you have uh, to pray, God calls everyone that serves Him to a life of prayer. So you can't say, well, you know, my job won't let me pray, or my, my uh, hobbies, or my, you know, marriage, or my this, or my that won't, doesn't allow me time to pray. God doesn't say, well, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize you were so busy. I'll, you know, I'll pass you by and I'll talk to Sister Athena about prayer. That doesn't work. I'm, God called all of us to prayer. Amen. Everybody is called to that level uh, of commitment to God. Amen. There are literally no excuses for not praying. You can't make an excuse for not praying. I've, I've had people try. Well, Brother Bollinger or Pastor, I just don't, you know, I just, I get up. And I'm in such a hurry in the morning time. Well, you know what? There are 24 hours in a day. Back your clock up an hour or 45 minutes or a half hour. Now, there's a thought. Well, I can't do that. Well, you see, here's the thing. If there was, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go here. If there was something on TV that some people wanted to watch that came on only early in the morning, guess what? They would get up and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. Amen. If, we're, if we had a golf tournament that started at 5 a.m. and we were used to getting up at 6 a.m., guess what? We'd be up at 4 a.m. to get ready for that 5 a.m. golf tournament, some of us. Or hunting or fishing or whatever else it happens to be that we happen to enjoy doing. You see, the problem of it is we don't always enjoy praying. I've heard people say, well, you know, prayer is, is hard, but I, I do it because I know I have to. Well, it's, you shouldn't even feel that way. You, you shouldn't feel that way. I, I wonder what would happen if, 
if, you know, you told your best friend, you know, it's really hard to talk to you, but I have to do it because we're best friends. Prayer should never be hard. If it's hard, you're not doing it the right way. You've never learned the value of it yet. So let's not, let's not make prayer something that's horrible or, oh, we've got to pray. You know, I, I wonder how God feels when we approach prayer that way. I hope my wife never gets to the place where she says, oh, Dwayne, you know, this is really difficult, but I have to get up and talk to you every day. I really hope she never... Now, she doesn't. She, she loves to talk to me. But, but I, you, you understand, does it make sense? And yet we say, well, you know, it's difficult for, sometimes for me to pray. That's embarrassing. I'm just going to say it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to us. And, 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 and how can you think God feels about that? That we say it's difficult to pray. You need to learn how to pray if that's the problem. If it's difficult for you to pray, learn how to pray. You've never got to the place past. Most of us have got still, not, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people still pray like this. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we'll do that for 10 minutes and we think that's prayer. That is not prayer. That is not, that is exactly what it is. Vain repetition. It's not prayer. Now, all of those words that I just said are good words. But they're not prayer. If I came to you, Sister Athena, and I said, Athena, 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 how are you today? How are you today? How? You'd, first of all, you'd be calling somebody and say, there's a guy over here that's losing it. You see, we, we, we don't, pray that's not prayer and and i've had people say well i don't know i I just run out of things to pray about have you ever thought about your life i'm going to go on here my notes here in a minute but have you ever thought about your life there's so much going on in your life that that god wants to be involved in god wouldn't want to be involved in my life oh yes he does want to be involved in fact he's involved without you even knowing it God knows everything about your life, and God wants to be involved in your life. And so the first thing I'm going to tell you is learn how to pray. Now, I'll do that. We can talk about that in another lesson. If you're bored with prayer, then God help you. But you have never learned how to pray yet if you're bored with prayer, or if it's difficult, or if you feel like it's just an obligation, or if it's, you understand. I'll talk about that again some other time. But today, I just want to tell you this. If, you, if you're struggling in prayer, learn how to pray. Learn how to pray. Amen. And if you're, if you're really struggling and, and you don't understand what I'm talking about right now, come and talk to me. And we'll have a one-on-one. And by the time we get done, I think you'll have a little clearer picture of what prayer is really all about. Amen. So there are no excuses not to pray. You don't make any excuses and say, well, I don't have time. Or I'm, you know, my schedule is too full. I'm going I'm to look you right in the eyes and tell you, you need to eliminate something from your schedule. Because if, if you want, if you call yourself a child of God, and if you call yourself a Christian, and, and if you're really planning on going to heaven, then you've got to pray. You have to. Amen. Prayer was a major focus of the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. We find him talking about it. We find him doing it. 
Even though he was responsible for completing a task that was more overwhelming than anybody here can imagine, um, he was never too busy to pray. He never uh, had when he couldn't pray. Actually, I think he was too busy not to pray. His life was full. Every moment of every day was full. I mean, you think about it. He tried to get away from the crowds and they followed him and and he could never he could never go and relax and he he wanted to in his in his flesh he wanted to get away for a while because he understood the importance of of of, of a break he understood the importance of rest and he tried to get away but he, there was so much there was so much on him that that the weight of the world was resting upon him the sins of all of mankind was upon him everybody's problems and everybody's circumstances were on him and and he was weighted down with it and yet uh, he he, he never found time or he never said, I'm too busy. I, I just can't get away to pray. Uh, so before we try to excuse ourselves from this calling of, to prayer by claiming that only God manifest in the flesh could be capable of dedicated prayer life like Jesus was. We have to remember that the book of Acts church prayed continually. They prayed continually and they prayed fervently. Amen. Uh, listen to what the, the, the actual verse says, Acts 2.42 said, they continued steadfastly. And that means, that word steadfastly means they allowed nothing to interfere in their prayer life. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Amen. We have to be careful to never become so convinced of the truthfulness of our doctrine and so comfortable in, in our fellowship with one another and just... Just, we're just here because we love hanging out with the people that are here uh, and, and w- that we forsake the mandate that God gave to us and that was to pray. Amen. So who should pray? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody should pray. There's not any, any exemptions. It doesn't matter how young they are. I believe we ought to teach our children when they're little tiny tight tots how to pray. Now, it's going to be a different type of prayer for a child than it is for an adult. And unfortunately, sometimes I think we ought to learn how to revert back to that childhood prayer and pray like kids do, because kids pray, man, they pray amazing prayers. I remember when we had a a man in our church that was uh, in in Illinois that was a backslider, or his wife and and kids came to our church, and he was backslidden, and and, uh, his, uh, his little girl, how old was Autumn? when she started talking to you about prayer, about six or seven years old. Well, she was t- pretty pretty little, because I remember her sitting on my knees and, and saying her Christmas part, so it might have been a little younger than that. And she was really tiny, and uh, she uh, she came to my wife in church, little this little tot, and said, I want to see my daddy. She was crying. I want to see my daddy saved. And my wife told her, she said, well, guess what? Then you come with me. And it was prayer time at church. And she took Autumn and, and they got off to the side together. And they started praying for her daddy. And praying that God would save him. And uh, so uh, it was just a couple services later. She, she and, and my wife told her, said, you start telling your, you know, it's hard to tell your little girl no. It's just hard. <laughs> and uh, she said, you, you start asking your daddy to come to church with you. And he was just out there, I mean, way out there. And so she started asking, she asked her daddy to come to church. And the next Sunday night, 
they came to church and, and Autumn was all upset. She said, my, my daddy said he was going to come today, but he's not here. And my wife said, church hasn't started yet, Autumn. Let's pray about that. So they started praying. And in, in that prayer room, and when church started, here he came in that church. And uh, he sat through the service that night. And little Autumn, this little tiny tot, said, you know, she wanted him to come to the altar so bad. But as soon as we, I had everybody stand, he turned around and, walked around and walked out the back door. And Autumn came to my wife just bawling her eyes out and said, he, did, he left. He didn't stay and pray. My wife said, well, we're not done praying yet. And she prayed with Autumn again. Little girl. And guess what? He came back in that back door and came to the altar and prayed, prayed through to the Holy Ghost that night. And when that church service was done, that little tiny girl came to my wife just beaming and she said, prayer really does work. It does. And I think we ought to teach our little children how to pray. Don't wait till they're teenagers. Teach them to pray when they're tiny, when they're little. And, and, and when your grandbabies, when you run, I pray with my grandbabies. I know that's their parents' responsibility to teach them how to pray. But guess what? I have some fingerprints on them too. And I get my grandbabies in my arms and I start praying with them. And, and when, I, when we're at a church service, I want my grandbabies to hear me pray. I want them to hear their papa pray because why? It's important for, me to know, for them to know that we know how to pray. And they're going to learn that from us. I'm not, I don't pray in front of them so that I can be, oh, look at grandpa, he can pray. I want them to learn how to pray. And, get, and I want to be one of those teachers. And so let's teach our children to pray. But I'm going to tell you, you can't teach them if you don't know. Amen. So everybody should pray. Now, the second part of this, that, I want to, that was the who. The what is this? What is prayer? What is prayer? By simple definition, prayer is communication with God. You've heard me say it time after time after time. That's nothing new. Prayer is communication with God. And it is not meaningless repetition. Just kind of went over this just a couple minutes ago, but uh, it's not just repeating something that you've said for, you know, the last 20 years when you prayed. Amen. It's, it's, it is something completely different. It, and and now let me tell you something else prayer is not. It's not an occasional desperate appeal because we're in trouble or we have a desperate need at the time. That's not prayer. Now, that, that can be a part of prayer. Jesus himself, when he taught them to pray, they said, teach us to pray, and, and that became a part of it. But he said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy, or holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then he comes to this point, he said, give us this day our daily bread. And so the appeal comes in to that prayer. It becomes a part of prayer, but that's not all of prayer. If the only time you're coming and talking to God is when you're in trouble, that's, boy, you're using him. Nobody likes to be used. And God knows when he's being used. Amen. So, uh, prayer is, is the means by which we offer praise to God and which we, when we just talk to God. Um, and I've said, I just said this just recently, but oftentimes we, we come to God and we, wanna, we want to make all of these appeals and all these requests, and yet we, don't have, we, we have never yet become conversational with God. It's, it's, 
pray, let's not make prayer hard. It's not hard. It is a conversation. And uh, I, uh, I, I think that we've got to come to the place where we learn how to, to just listen to God. I, I'm just, uh, I was just uh, privileged to hear a devotion from a pastor that told us that he had gone through some really serious things in his life. And he, at, that, at the point of his life where he is now, or when he came to this conclusion, he said, I had, I had run out of options. He said, I was, he said, I was so desperate. Um, he said, I wasn't backslidden at all. He said, but I was just to the point in my life where I told God, or he said, I actually told my wife, I'm going to resign from pastoring because I don't, I feel like I've hit a wall and I feel like maybe that God's, you know, done with me as a pastor. I'm not done with God. I'm not done with church, but maybe as a pastor. And he said, I'd come up against this place. And he said, he was reading the word of God. And he said, you know, he had already made his determination that maybe he had just, this just wasn't what God had designed for him. And so he was, uh, uh, he, he was just reading the Bible one morning. And he said that this scripture jumped off the page at me. And, the, and he said, I don't know. He said, I didn't even know what the whole context of the scripture was. But he said, the scripture, it's like God pulled words out of the scripture and, and stuck it in my face. And it said, be still and know that I am God. He said, all of a sudden, I just stopped and I backed up and I, my Bible was laying there. He said, I backed away from my Bible and I, and I looked at, stared at that Bible. And he said, I realized my prayers were all me talking. And he said, so for the next period of time, he said, I would go in and he said, I would open up my prayer this way. I'd say, God, here I am today. I just, I just want to spend time in your presence. And he said, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to just show you exactly what he said. He said, I would just sit and I would put my hands out like this and I would stop talking and I would just sit there with my hands out and just wait and just sit there. And he said, when I did that, he said, God started speaking to me and telling me things and communicating with me. And he said, every once in a while, I'd interject a few words, a yes or a no, or I will, or I won't, or whatever. And he said, I just sat there. And he said, that's the way I, he said, I went through a space of time. And he said, all of a sudden I realized I hadn't been praying at all. I'd been just coming and telling God all the things that I wanted, all the things that I needed, all the things that were problems, all the things that I was dealing with, all of the, the circumstances. I, he said, all I was doing was just loading all this stuff on God. And he said, the Bible says to cast your cares on him. But he said, I realized God was wanting to, me to hear from him. And I was never given God any space to give me the answers to the problems and the circumstances that I was dealing with in my life. And I was doing all the talking and I never listened to God. And God just told me that morning, shut up and listen. And he said, for the next several weeks when I prayed, he said, I would go to, he said, I would literally go into my prayer place and I would sit down and I would open my hands and say, it's, here I am, God. I just want to hear from you today. I just want to, I just want to feel your presence. And he said, I would sit there sometimes for an hour, an hour and a half with my hands like this. And he said, I spoke very few words. And he said, I heard more from God in that space of time than I ever have before. 
And he said, I'm still pastoring my church, by the way. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we struggle in prayer because it's like we've, we just come in there and our mouths just go like this. It's just like, uh, you know, a door on a loose hinge. We just, we just run our mouth, run our mouth, run our mouth. And we're supposed to be talking to God. And we're, not, we're doing all the talking. There is, we can't hear God. I'm going to tell you something. What God has to say is a lot more important than what I have to say. Because when I come into a prayer time, any prayer time, God already knows what I need when I get there. And all I'm doing is saying, God, do this. God, do that. God, do this. God, take care of that. God, help me here. God, do this. God, do that. Okay, see you, God. And we're out the door. And God didn't even get a chance to talk to us in that moment. How tragic. So what is prayer? I can tell you what prayer isn't. It's not me doing all the talking. It's not me demanding all all the time from God. Amen. It makes me uncomfortable when people, the only time I see people is when they need something. They they show up in my presence only when they need something. I get a little uncomfortable around those people. You know what I'm talking about? They never ever come to me and say, you know what? Just want to hang out today. Let's go fishing. Let's go do something together. Let's just go have lunch together. Let's, let, I, I don't have anything to talk about. I just want to go hang out with you and spend a little time with you. I just want to, just want to do something. No, we, we just want to go hang on to God and say, God, I, I, here, I've, got a, I've got a big old long list today, and so that's why I'm here. I, uh, it, it, it's, it's just... It's imperative that we learn this about prayer because if we don't, we're not going to go beyond anything that we've ever gotten before. Amen. We need to understand that prayer is more often a means by which God desires to provide us with specific instruction and direction for our life. And if we don't listen, then we can't do that. Now, let me say this. When I pray, I always want the Word of God real close. Real close. Because one thing I've discovered is that oftentimes in prayer, when I'm when I'm praying, and, and I and I'm just just seeking communication with God, it's it's amazing to me how many times the Word of God will open up, and there will be something in the Word of God that will come out to me, just jump out like that, like it did to that preacher that morning, and and, and God will begin to speak to me, Brother Barry, right out of this Word. This is. We say this is the Word of God and that we throw it over on the shelf and act like it's just another literary work. It's not. This is the Word of God and it's still alive. It's just as alive as the day it was when it was spoken to the prophets that wrote it down. The Bible said holy men of old spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. This is the Word of God. It's not just a, a, a book in our library. There's this... The difference between this and and any other book that's ever been written is so vast that you can't even compare them. The, The beauty of this is that it is God's literal voice being recorded on the pages for man to read. And yet we say, oh God, I need a word from you. And the Bible lays over on the shelf and gathers dust. God said, well, there's my word right over there. You won't even listen to that. Why would you listen to anything? If I spoke out loud to you, why would you listen to that? 
because my word is laying there week after week, month after month, year after year, gathering dust. And every once in a while you pick it up, clean it off because it's getting, it, it, you want, don't want to embarrass yourself by making people think you don't read it. I'm going to tell you something, read the book. Because this is involved. When, when David prayed, oftentimes David would quote the word of God. When Jesus prayed, he quoted this right here. He came out of the wilderness, 40 days of fasting and prayer, and the devil comes at him and starts to trying to get him to fall. And G, what's Jesus to do? He said, it is written. Woo! If Jesus used the word in prayer, I believe that I ought to be using the word in prayer. So when I go to prayer, most of the time I've got my Bible right close by me. And if I'm praying, all of a sudden there will be something sometimes that will quicken in my mind. And God will just say, open the word. And I open the word. And I'm telling you, I, there's been so many times when I've just, the, the pages have literally fallen open. And I look down and there it is. And, and, and God starts to talk to me right out of his word. This is the word of God. God's talking to us from it. Let's tap into it. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. We want some time for God to speak to us, you know, in a James Earl Ray voice. Oh, yes, here is my word for you today. Well, his voice is right there. Now, I'm not saying that God won't speak to you in other ways. But the very first thing that I do is I keep... Every, everything I need to know about how to live is right in the pages of this book. I can tell you something. God's not going to speak something brand new that's not in here. If I'm saying, God, I need, I need to know how to live for you. Well, he's saying, go and look in there because I already put it in there. It's all right there. And we're wanting God to give us a brand new word. Now, listen to me. I am not discounting the fact that God speaks also in a, in a, in a quiet voice in your prayer moments. And I'm going to get to that. But the, we, don't, we can't avoid this when we're talking to God. This right here, nothing supersedes this. This is the Word of God. Amen. It is absolutely the Word of God. Amen. God speaks to us uh, also through uh, preaching. Amen. Uh, I, I really believe, the Bible says He gave five ministries to the church. Teachers, pastors, evangelists, and prophets, and so on. And, and so God gives us these ministries. And, and oftentimes, if I've been praying about something in my life, you need to be in tune in the Word in, in, in when you're sitting in, in, in services where there's preachers preaching. That's why I love to go to church. I, I, I mean, I love to go to church. I love, I love being, and that's why I go to conferences, because most of the time I'm doing the preaching around here, and, and, and God speaks to me through my own preaching sometimes. I'm going to just have to confess to you. There's times I'm preaching, and I'm thinking, ooh. I mean, nobody else may be getting anything out of this today, but I know God's stomping all over my feet. But, but I, I'll go someplace sometimes, and, and there have been things that I've been praying about in my life, just asking for direction for this boy right here. And, and the preacher that's standing behind that pulpit will start to preach. And, and it is amazing to me how many times that God will directly talk to my situation that I've been praying about 
through the preached Word of God. Amen. Amen. So when you're, when you're listening for the voice of God, don't just think it's going to happen in your closet of prayer because it can happen a variety of different ways. Amen. And so he will, he will, he will uh, speak to us through the, through anointed preaching of the word. Amen. And, and of, of course, I already touched on this, but he will, he will speak to us as we study the word of God. Uh, and, and sometimes that is not even, I mean, your prayer time was over here at, let's say 7 a.m. in the morning and, and at 10 a.m. you're reading the word of God and all of a sudden, what you are praying about leaps off the pages that you, your, your, your prayer time is done, but God starts to speak to you from the word of God. And then oftentimes God will speak directly to us. If we're, if we're in that point, it's like that preacher said, God, I want to hear from your voice. And he, he literally, I, I can get it, the picture in my mind, his hands were up like this. And when he told us the tears were just streaming down his face and he was holding his hands like this. And he said, God started talking to me. And so there, God will often speak directly to us, but we've got to be in the frame of mind that we can hear that. We've got to be able to listen for that. And often in the quiet moments of prayer, when we decide to actively listen is when God speaks the loudest to us. Amen. And as Elijah said, or Elisha, the prophet said, um, he, it wasn't in the wind, it wasn't in the rain, it wasn't in the or thunder, it wasn't in the earthquake, it, wasn't, it was in the still, small voice. Amen. Um, now, as I just stated, prayer is not a, a, a series of vain, repetitious words, uh, as Jesus said about the heathen that believed they would be heard because they repeated a lot. Because he, the, Jesus said in Matthew 6, they, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do in verse 7, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. In other words, if I repeat long enough, God, God's going to hear me. Uh, but that's, he said, don't do that. Um, we are instructed in the book of Hebrews to come boldly unto the throne of grace. Amen. Now, when that, it uses that word boldly, how do you think that, what do you think that means? Do you think that just means come in there obnoxiously into the throne of grace? No, it means to, it, it's, it's the approach that a child uses to a parent. It's, it's with no, um, you come in there guiltless. You walk in there to the throne of grace before him. Paul said in Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Um, so we come in there not from a, a, dis, a standpoint of disrespect, but knowing that he is our heavenly father and he, he desires to fulfill the desires of the people that seek after him. Amen. That's what God wants to do. Amen. Let me tell you this. I, I titled this lesson today, Effectual Prayer. James said the effectual uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual prayer moves God. It moves God. It brings God into the picture. Amen. Prayer is an incredible opportunity to sp speak directly to uh, the God that spoke this world into existence. You are having a personal conversation with Him. Amen. And, and that same God that breathed life into the very first human that, that ever lived is the same God that's listening to your prayer and that's interested in answering it. Anyone that's ever enjoyed the privilege of hearing a direct word from God would be foolish uh, not to, to diligently seek to hear Him again. 
Amen. How many of you could ever say, could say that you you know for a fact you've heard from God at, at some point in life? I'm not talking. Now, some of it's in different ways. Some of it's through the word. Some of it's I, I've heard people say I I heard an audible voice. I've heard other people say you know it wasn't audible, but I knew God was talking to me. But when you've been there and you know that God has talked to you, why wouldn't you ever want to go back there again and hear that voice again or hear God speak to you again? Amen. So that's important. Amen. Then that we learn what prayer is and then become completely invested in it. Amen. Now, the the next uh, one of our W's is when. When should I pray? When should I pray? There are a lot of people uh, that adhere to the idea that the most effective time to pray is in the early morning. And they will tell you religiously that is the only time you should ever pray. Or that's when you should pray. You should get out of bed and pray in the morning. Now, Many people pray that way, and and but let me, you know, they they, they that that idea or that concept comes from first things first. Uh, you know, they 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 believe that the day begins with prayer, or if if you begin the day with prayer, it gives you the ability to stay heavenly minded for the rest of the the day, and so they approach prayer in that way. Uh, and there are scriptures in the Bible that that prove this to be real, Mark. 1 and 35, in the morning, rising up a great while before day, Jesus, uh, it says he went out, but it talking about Jesus, went out and departed into a solid, solitary place and there prayed. Amen. And so there, they, there's other scriptures too to back up this idea. Um, and so there's this, that group. There's other people that say, well, I, I don't even get up early in the morning. I'm just not an early morning person. Amen. I just, that, my day starts, you know, later on. And I, I'm not an early morning person. Uh, or, 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 some, or those same people, or, or maybe some people say, well, I, I can't even hardly focus in the morning. I get up in the morning and, and my mind is not, it's just scattered and I, I'm dull and I can't think straight in the morning. Uh, and, and so they, I can't justify trying to pray in the morning. Uh, so I'm going to pray later on in the day. And... Uh, they can, they can, they claim also uh, that they have scripture to back this up. So we go to Matthew chapter fourteen and verse twenty-three. It says when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. And so they say, look, Jesus had already been teaching all day long and, and teaching the multitudes. He sent them away, and then he went to pray. So that's what I'm going to do. Another approach there is. It splits the difference between uh, what can be seen as two extremes. And they, this, this group of people, they follow the example found in the book of Acts, which places Peter and John uh, on their way to the temple. The Bible says at the ninth hour or at the hour of prayer. Uh, the, the, the Acts 3 and 1 says it was the ninth hour. And in the Jewish method of keeping time, there's method is a little different than than the rest of the world in keeping time. Their calendar is different too, but uh, in their method of keeping time, the ninth hour is about three o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, and that act that time frame actually coincides with uh, the hour that Jesus died on the cross, approximately. Um, so uh, you see, there's there's a there's a lot of different thoughts on when I should pray. Uh, you say, well, how can we settle this debate? Well, there really shouldn't be a debate about praying. We should just do it. Amen. Uh, our, our, 
the question, I guess, could simply be asked this way. Are, are the people that pray in the morning, the, the, the uh, early morning people, are they more spiritual than the night owls, the people that want to stay up late and pray later on in the day? Are, are those people more spiritual? Are we uh, more likely to have the Lord hear our prayer at a certain time of the day than other times? I'm, I, I'm just throwing this out here because sometimes we, we think, well, man, I don't, you know, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, she gets up, testifies by getting up early in the morning and praying every morning, and I just don't do that. Maybe I'm not as spiritual as she is. Well, I think we need to think about that. I think we need to deal with this. Uh, you know, we read this scripture at the beginning today, but I want you to hear what James says. James, again, in, in James 5 and 16 said, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer. Remember those words, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. First, we have to understand that the most effective prayers are the ones uh, in which we are most focused and engaged. And, and I'll, I'm going to just be brutally honest. If you wake up in the morning and your mind is befuddled and you're in a fog, um, maybe you should have a cup of coffee and, and get your day started and then pray. Because James said, effectual, fervent prayer. Effective prayer. I don't want to just get up and mumble some stuff because that's what I'm supposed to do in the morning. Amen. Um, so regardless of, your, uh, of your, your preference of time, I'd like to believe that God just wants us to pray. Amen. The Bible says Daniel prayed three times a day. Paul said pray without ceasing. Amen. I, listen to me, if you're, if you're the person that believes, you, you know, this is just what drives you. I get up every morning and I pray at 5 o'clock every morning before I go to work. And, I, and I've been doing this for years. Well, praise God. Wonderful. But let me say this, don't condemn the person that waits till noon to pray because they, that, that works out better for them. Or I've heard people say, well, if you wait till the end of the day, your day's gone and you've just wasted your day. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. There's not any place. Now, now I know that there's, you could, all, every one of us can use different scriptures to back up what time we should pray. David said, early will I seek him. I, you know, I, Paul said, pray all the time. You know, he had, there's different, different methods of prayer work for different people. So don't condemn somebody that doesn't pray like you do. If they're praying, praise God. Amen. There's some people that will pray a half hour now, half hour, you know, a couple hours from now, half hour, a couple hours later, 20 minutes over here, 15 minutes over here. They're praying throughout the entire day. They didn't spend an entire hour in prayer in the morning, but they're praying throughout the day. And they're very focused when they do that. Are they praying wrong? No, they're praying. Amen. They are praying. You see, so... So what, what, would, what we do is not try to seek that. I, I think what you need to do as a person is, is know this, first of all, I've got to pray. I have to pray. It's a mandate from God. It's, it's, it, it is crucial to my survival as a, as a Christian. I've got to pray. Okay, what works best for me in prayer? Now, if you say, well, pastor just gave me a, he, he just gave me a, 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 
a pass. I can, man, I can do five minutes and I'm all set. That's not really praying. I just have to tell you. If you're not spending time breaking through some things, you're not really praying. You got to break through some barriers. Amen. You got to break through some places in your life. You got to break through some walls. You got to get to a place where God, where you know that you're there in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Um, I think you should have a, 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 a that prayer should be a priority in your life. It should not be secondary. Now, if you're waiting till late in the day to pray because you've got all kinds of other nonsense in the beginning of your day that is taking up your time, then you're wrong. I think prayer should be the priority of your life. And I really believe that everybody, that if, you, if, you're, if you're not a, a, a early morning, early, early morning prayer person, then I think you should find time in the morning to, to greet God and say, God, I love you, I worship you. Uh, I'm not real focused right now, God, but I want to be. And I, but I just want to start my day with you. I really believe that, that you ought to start your day with God. It may not be your hour-long prayer time, but I really believe that you ought to start your day with God. Ask God, God, I'm going out here into a world that wants to destroy me. There's an enemy out there that wants to kill me. He wants to take away all of my spirituality. God, I want you to be with me today. It, it doesn't have to be a, an hour-long prayer to start your day with prayer. But then, then don't forget to, to have priority time in your day to pray. Amen. And I really think we ought to end our day with prayer. I, I really do. I, I think there's times, you know, I, I'm wore slap out from the day. I mean, I have just gone and, and gone and run and, you know, all day long and I'm just wore out. And I get to the end of the day and, and I don't want to go to sleep without just thanking God for the day. Thanking God for being with me that day. It may only be 10 minutes. Of, of prayer time, but I want I want to end my day with prayer. You know, let me tell you something. This is a side note. I'm going to wrap this up in a few moments. But uh, I, one thing I, I've discovered, and and I'm not I'm not saying this to be boastful or arrogant, but one thing I have discovered is this: that when I end my day with prayer, some most of the time, brother Chad, God enters into my thoughts in the nighttime. Throughout the night, if if I if I if I pause at the end of the day. And I'm not telling you what time you have to pray. I've already established that fact. But if I pause at the end of the day and I share uh, with God my day and I say, God, I'm thankful that I had time with you today. I'm thankful, God, for this day. And, I, and I, if I've discovered this. If I start spending time with God at the end of the day, then my night is often entertained by the presence of God through the night. It's much more restful. It's peaceful. What a great way to spend your night. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. Um, uh, so, so we have to remember this, um, that, that prayer is, is, when you do it, is between you and God. But I'm just saying this, you should pray. You should have prayer as an integral part of your day. Amen. And then, where, where, where should I pray? Uh, not only do we have uh, an example of Jesus seeking a solitary place for his own time of prayer, but we also read specific instructions he gave concerning this question. He says in Matthew 6 and verse 5, he said, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Okay? He said, When you pray, verse 6, enter into a clo your closet, and when you 
have shut the door. Pray to your Father which is in secret, and your Father which sees you in secret shall reward you openly. Amen. Now, I don't believe that God was talking here about going into your house someplace and finding a closet and crawling into the closet and praying. Amen. Uh, Let me say this. Few things can improve a prayer life as much as having a specific place that you designate. This is my prayer closet. This is my prayer place. Amen. And we make frequent appointments there to meet with God in prayer. Uh, I'll tell you something. There is nothing that will move the hand of God more than people that know how to pray. Not just when you're in a crisis, but you should be praying before the crisis ever comes. If you're praying before the crisis comes, God will hear the prayer when you get to the crisis and the, and the prayer will be answered. Now, God answers when he's ready to answer. Not, I don't push God's button and say, it's not, God's not like a vending machine and I push his button and say, okay, God, I need this today or I need that today and boop, it drops out the bottom and here I've got my little thing. God answers in his own time. You have to understand God to understand that, that statement. God doesn't operate like we do. The Bible puts God in a whole different category than us. We are time-oriented people. And so when we ask something, we set our watch by it. And we say, okay, God, I'm, I'm giving you the, I, I want to see an answer in the next few hours or the next few minutes. But you see, time is not of an essence to God. If a day with the Lord is as like comparative to a thousand years, what's five minutes or five days or five weeks or five years? You see, and sometimes when we're asking God for something and we want it to right this moment, then God's saying, well, wait just a minute. There's some things that have to happen because if I do it now, I'm, my work is not going to be unfolded properly. I want, I want this to happen as a result of that prayer. And some things there, sometimes there's a chain of events that must take place between the prayer and the answer in order for God's will to be completed. And if I push God and, and try to make God uh, formulate to my way of thinking or do, do it my way, then, then God's not going to get the glory out of it. I get the glory. And I don't want the glory. You should never desire the glory for anything you ask God for. Because that's the only time you'll ever get something from God if you get the glory for it. I want God to continually work in my life. I want God to continually be able to be advanced in my life and in in my prayers. And so when I ask God for something, I want God to get all the glory for it. And so I'm going to not tell God, God, here, I've got a little box here I'm going to put you in, and here's how you have to work. No, I need to allow God to work in His time frame. Amen. So when I go into my prayer, the question here is where? Where should I pray? I believe that we all should have uh, times when we come together collectively as a body to pray. You know, on Wednesday night, we have prayer and the Word. We come in here and we pray together. And then we study the Word of God for a half hour, 45 minutes. Um, but I believe that if that's the only time you're praying, then you're, you're hurting yourself. I really believe that we all should have a place, a place, a private place that nobody comes across, that nobody... Now, I love praying with my wife. I love praying with the church. I love praying with my children. I love praying with other people. But I'm going to tell you something. I love praying with just me and God. Because I can tell you what happens in those moments. Those are the private moments when you and God can talk about things that nobody else knows about. And you interact with God in a way that you would never interact with anybody else. Or you can say things to God in that time that you couldn't say publicly in front of anybody else. 
Amen. There is a reason why God asks us to, to go into our closet of prayer. That's, that just means, that word closet that's used there, it just means a secret place, a place away from everything, all the noise, all the, you know, I think we need to, just, our world is so full of noise. Sometimes you just need to shut out all the noise. You need to turn off the phone, turn off the computer, turn off, uh, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off, just turn everything off. The world has a term now, they call it, they call it unplugged. Pull the plug. And, and let's just spend some moment, quality moments in the presence of God. Amen. And so, where should I pray? It should be a quiet, private place. I've got a bunch of scriptures to go along with this, but I'm just completely out of time this morning. And so, I'm going to hurry very quickly here. Um, you know, there, there were so many uh, places in the Bible where prayer was met. In, a, in miraculous ways where, where prayer the, the prayer was prayed the, the, the miracle came about and, and it was a miraculous event you know Peter was in prison remember this Peter was in prison seemed hopeless they were going to kill him he was, he was not supposed to live through the next day and in the, in the midnight hour the Bible says that there was a group of Christians over at somebody's house praying and they, they, and in that hour, in that midnight hour, God woke Peter up. Now, some people look at this stuff as, as if it's fairy tales. I've been around God long enough to know that God doesn't operate in fairy tales. God operates in the impossible, but it's not a fairy tale. You know, we're talking about a God that says, "Let." He's He's standing out in the blackness of time, and He says, "Let there be light." And light appears. And he speaks. And all of these things happen. Why do we think that it's hard for God to, to, to take a man that's in prison and bring him out of a prison cell if God can say out of nothing, let there be light and there's light? Why do we think it's hard for God to, to answer a prayer in our life that seems impossible when God, he, he's the speaker of all things that, that exist? And, and, and it's not difficult for God to do those things. And so he, he, in the middle of that night, an angel comes into the prison where Peter's at, and he taps him on the shoulder and he says, get up. And the Bible says the chains that were on him fell off. And they walked to, this is back before, I mean, you know, now we go to a grocery store or a department store and the doors go, but he walks up to the door. The Bible says the door swung open. I mean, we thought we had the, 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 you know, the corner on you know, uh, automatic doors. Ah, uh-uh. the angel did it. He, the door swung open. They walked through the door to the outside prison door. That door swung open. They walked out. The next morning, they come down looking for Peter, and Peter's gone. And somebody said, where in the world is Peter? Guess where he was? He was in the, in, up in the synagogue preaching and up in the temple preaching and talking about God. You see, let's not, let's not look at prayer as if, well, not sure if it works or not. Prayer works. James said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you pray, and, and you pray fervent prayers before God, that word fervent means hot, on fire. If we pray effective prayers, let's stand, I'm, I'm finished, I'm out of time. If we pray effective prayers, I can tell you God gives effective answers. Amen. So listen to me, church. Don't be afraid to pray. 
Don't be afraid to talk to God about the things that you need. Don't, don't be intimidated by, by uh, what hasn't happened in the past or, or the, the, the difficulty of the circumstance. Don't be intimidated by what you believe to be possible or impossible. You see, God works where we don't work. If I can do it, God doesn't do it. He doesn't, there's no need for God to do it. Amen. But when I cease to be able to, to operate in that realm, then God says, okay, now it's out of your hands, it's in my hands. I'm going to do it for you now. Amen. There were times in the Old Testament when God said, literally said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It's those times when we need to be, when we just need to remember, it's not how we do it, it's how He does it. Amen. I don't have to know how God's going to do it. I just love to stand back and watch God be God. I like to watch God do what God does. And then just, I'm just, I'm a wow person. I like to just look at it and say, wow. I can't explain it. There is no explanation at all. But I'm going to just keep praying because when I pray, God works. Amen. You need something for God? Start praying. You need God to be effective in your, you want to be effective in the kingdom of God? Pray. If you, if you want to be average, if you want to just, just get by on a bumpy road in life, don't pray. But if you want to rise above all of that, if you want to, if you want to get into a place with God that you've never been before, I'm going to tell you something. Start praying like you've never prayed before, and you will become more effective with, for God than you've ever been before. Amen. God bless you today. It's been great to be able to teach this class today and I and, and it's wonderful to have hungry people that want to pray. Amen.